In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. It's time to get happy. Harvesting happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen. A fresh talk radio approach promoting happiness because happiness is a choice. And happiness can be cultivated and harvested. Hence the name of the show, Harvesting Happiness. Lisa's going to shine a light on the well-being and global human flourishing by presenting a diverse and proactive collection of the greatest thinkers and doers who have devoted their lives to creating a better world in which to live. And as a filmmaker, psychologist, author, professor, and motivational speaker specializing in the field of happiness, Lisa Cypress-Kamen is widely recognized as an expert in the field. In the show, she'll also focus on military families, service personnel returning with PTSD, traumatic brain injury, and civilian life reintegration issues. So let's get to it. Harvesting Happiness on Togedad.com. And now, here's your host, Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. I'm here to speak with you today as I do each and every week about happiness, well-being, and human flourishing. Authentic happiness is not selfish, egotistical, or narcissistic. The achievement of a happy life is not only good for us, but good for those around us. Sustainable happiness is important because it not only elevates our own well-being locally, but also contributes to the collective flourishing of humanity on a global level. In short, happiness matters. Happiness comes from the heart, and this show is all about the heart. Before we bring on today's guest for our military focus show, I want to open up the phone lines at 877-864-4869. Again, it's 877-864-4869. And today's show is one that is particularly near and dear to my heart in uh, honor of National PTSD or Post Traumatic Stress Disorder Awareness Day. Our focus of the show today is all about our returning troops and issues and challenges that they face as they reintegrate back into civilian life after having served in our armed forces. And this is the focus of Harvesting Happiness for Heroes, which is a 501c3 nonprofit that I have founded and um, used to really help our troops reintegrate uh, after they come home. And we'll get more into that later in the program. But I want to bring on our first guest, who is Patricia Stoddard, an Emmy Award-winning composer and writer. Patricia Lee Stoddard lends her tremendous talents in TV, film, and social media to furthering awareness of PTSD and veteran reintegration struggles, a kindred spirit. Stoddard first became interested in veterans' issues while working on a theatrical testimonial project that discussed suicide rates among Vietnam veterans. She has since worked to bring awareness to veterans' issues through True Rep, a repertory company that explores trauma and resilience through testimonial theater and film and fosters collaboration among actors, writers, and humane service organizations. Her recent documentary film, Service, When Women Come Marching Home, 
highlights cha- the challenges facing female veterans as they transition from active duty to civilian life. Again, the name of the project is Service When Women Come Marching Home. Good morning and welcome, Patricia. Thanks for being with us. Well, thanks for having me. It's really an honor. Thank you very much. Oh, well, I have been looking forward to this for several weeks. Um, uh, Our producer, Kelly St. Clair, put together a great show for today. And I, I would love for you to just let our audience know and our listeners clue them in a little bit about your film and why these issues are so critical, not just to the returning military um, service personnel and their families, but to our nation. I mean, there is a national crisis at hand. At least that's how I view the problem. Absolutely, and I would love to. I want to begin by saying my co-producer, Marsha Rock, who edited and directed the film, we worked together on everything that the minute we began this project, we also set up Facebook groups, and we, it's, from word go, it's been a multi-platform documentary. And we wanted to address the fact that the largest growing demographic in the military is women. And when we started our project, they were at about 12 or 13%. Now, if you include in um, the latest numbers, we're getting close to 18%. And we, we wanted to make a project where women veterans spoke for themselves. We did not want to speak for them. So the film part of our, of our documentary project does not have one word in it by anyone who isn't a vet, which we felt was very, very important, aside from one or two psychologists who are working with our veterans. And we also wanted to present the many, many issues that the women face um, that are unique to being a woman. Of late, people have been writing a lot about PTSD, obviously, and its really insidious catalyst, which is military military sexual trauma, but we also cover physical injuries and the transition from being mom caregiver to coming home and needing care, and we just feel passionately that our military needs to be reconnected to our civilian population so that we understand each other. This is very beautiful and heartfelt work, and um, work that is really coming into light more and more. And I, the whole military sexual trauma and military sexual assault um, are areas of the war experience or the um, uh, enlistment experience that's just been coming into my consciousness in the last several months as I've been working with women more and more and seeing that there are marked differences in their issues and in the way that they heal. Absolutely. It's, it's a huge, huge problem. And it's, we were in Washington last week. Uh, the Disabled American Veterans sponsored a screening of a short version of the film. It was hosted by Senator Patty Murray and other women senators and lots of people from the VA who recognize breaks in the system and want to fix those breaks were there. I mean, we were on Capitol Hill. And certainly the issues getting a lot of attention are military sexual trauma, PTSD, which is very enhanced for women in a particularly gruesome fashion. Um, But also, increasingly, we want to shine a light on the fact that 
because those issues are so horrific and starting to get so much attention that the focus is being taken off other issues, like that these incredible creative women with moxie have had their careers taken away from them. Part of this story is what happens when they report what's been done to them and how they're punished. And something you certainly would understand as a psychologist is how the military uses diagnoses like uh, borderline personality disorder to generate a pre-existing condition rather than deal with the complaint. It's extremely complex. And the the, since you're about harvesting wellness, the incredible underlying good news is that these women are just com- amazingly resilient. They have each other's back, and to use a very overused term, the sisterhood is very profound, but in a way that we civilians don't get. You need to hear their stories. They have yeah. your back has an entirely different meaning to people who are in a frontless war because you're on the front even if you're not on the front. You make a very good point about the, first of all, about the myth that women are not on the front lines, which I happen to know um, is a myth that, in fact, they are. Um, But then there is that invisible front because they are minority within the military, and it has been a good old boys network since the, the beginning of time, that there is that, uh, that front as well. There's the, the, the club front that these women must um, confront. Absolutely. And, and one of the things that I really love about the film part of our project, Marsha was very careful. We opened with a story of two women who were in a unit that functioned beautifully. And the men in that unit were great, great battle buddies to them because we wanted to open the film showing the best of the military, and there's a lot to be really happy about and proud of. And, but we also did that so to give people insight to the level of betrayal that MST is because this is really like a family, and when your brother or when your brother in arms attacks you and in the chain of command, your officer, who's rather like a parent, does not come to protect you or stand up for you, you know, you're suffering from something akin to incest. And while we can't get it as civilians, when you hear these stories, you begin to feel it. And that helps us understand the depth and gravity of the trauma that these and sense of betrayal these women return home with. And then even the benefits that exist for them at the VA, it's very difficult for them to reach out because even though they're brilliant women and they know what they should do, their heart knows that the last time they reported an injury to themselves and asked for help, that they were hurt. It's a really, really complicated problem. You know, and I want to add to that that the um, the stigma that uh, there is already a stigma that exists within the military, and it's lessening uh, now in, in in the present um, to reach out for help for combat trauma or post traumatic stress. And then on top of which, you add the sexual trauma or assault into the mix, and there's a stigma for reaching out for help for that as well, and shame. So the yes. the uh, 
it's it's a problem. It's a huge you're problem. Ab- you're absolutely right. And you know, part of the problem is the internalization of these myths that blame the victim. And yes. people internalize it. I was too drunk. I I was actually being provocative. Whatever. There's a whole long line of nonsense, but our hearts don't know from nonsense, right? So there's yes. this whole bunch of internalized stuff that, that keep women in denial. We have found in our Facebook groups that there are women who have not um, owned this for themselves, owned their anger for 15 or 20 years. This is not just a post-9-11 warrior experience. Yes. I mean, it, it is very deep, very emotional, very serious, and we're going to continue this conversation. We are going to be going to a break, and when we come back, we are going to continue the conversation with Patricia's daughter, uh, the filmmaker of Service the Film. We'll be right back. We know that life is tough, and that happiness can and does live along with adversity. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen on Toginet.com. Nothing gives happiness like a free gift. Lisa Cypress Kamen has made her first ebook, Got Happiness Now? Eight Keys to Unlocking a Joyful Life, available at no cost to everyone. Unwrap your complimentary copy now by visiting www.harvestinghappinesstalkradio.com. Are you or do you know a returning U.S. military man or woman in need of restoring joy in their lives? Did you know that our nonprofit, Harvesting Happiness for Heroes, offers stigma-free combat trauma and post-deployment reintegration programming? Check us out at www.hh4heroes.org. That's HH, the number four, and heroes.org. Happiness is an inside job. Wear the message on T-shirts, baseball caps, sterling silver designer jewelry, and more. Please visit our online boutique at www.harvestinghappiness.com. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen on Toginet. The show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. Hence the name of the show. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on Tuggynet.com. And now, back to your host, Lisa Cypress Kamen. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. If you're just joining us now, we are honoring National PTSD or Post Traumatic Stress Disorder Awareness Day today, June 22nd, 2012, with Patricia Stoddard, who is an Emmy Award winning composer and writer, as well as uh, she's a documentary filmmaker who has co produced service when women come marching home. And we were discussing before the break some of the issues and symptoms that arise with women in our military today and the double whammy that they are often exposed to in addition to post-traumatic stress disorder or traumatic brain injury, you add into the mix um, an element of sexual trauma and assault, 
which is the silent little um, boogaboo within our military, for lack of a better word in the moment. But we want to focus this segment on solutions because so much of what we do at Harvesting Happiness for Heroes or everything what we do here is about solutions and the work that Patricia is doing in the documentary film highlights some very important um, healing modalities that women and men as well are using to find their way back uh, to a new normal, whatever that may look like in their lives. So, Patricia, let's talk a little bit about the importance of service dogs in women's lives. Oh, I would love to. You know, during the break, I, you know, I'm a composer. Marcia's the, the filmmaker primarily, although we did everything together. And I'm listening to your decision to have Chumba Wumba on and that wonderful song. And, of course, I'm a composer, and I don't even really ultimately believe in words. So <laughs> I... This is all about, so I would love to share with you what I think is really the message of our, do, of our documentary, and by that I mean everything, including the Facebook groups, and talk about the solutions the women in our film um, have found. And I also want to say that what I experienced in Washington watching them speak after the screening was Everyone in our project knows that the women in our film are speaking for thousands of women who stand behind them. And first and foremost, this sisterhood, this speaking out, this affirmation of sharing stories is huge and healing. And that goes on all the time in our Facebook groups. So first of all, on the simplest plane, I want to start there. But, of course, these service dogs. We have to talk about these incredible animals. First of all, my Facebook identity is D. Bernard, not Patricia Lee's daughter, and I'm the service, service dog. Uh, these animals are two of the vets in our film, Sue and Alexis, have dogs who help them with their physical and, and their invisible injuries. And literally, people avoid taking um medications for panic attacks and anxiety disorders because the dogs know when they're feeling anxious and they they comfort them and people who don't want to be on meds chronically are not also people who tend to be indoors a lot or a little agoraphobic having returned from an environment perhaps where what looks like a trash can might be an IED Whatever the reason, your dog, you have to walk your dog. You've got to go out and walk your dog. And people approach people with dogs, even though they shouldn't. You shouldn't pet a working service dog. But it, it has an incredibly healthy impact on the lives of two women in our film and many women in our Facebook groups. They're really, um, and there are also uh, TBI dogs and seizure alert dogs. They, this is my composer bias, but they kind of go around what, how language works in therapy, which, by the way, is another huge solution for the women in our film, talk therapy. But the animals seem to just do it without the words, rather like music, she said, <laughs> in a biased mm. fashion. But it's incredible. And, this, and also the support of women in the Facebook groups has been a huge solution. One of our veterans actually introduced us to another um, central figure in our film. They let us film their first meeting in Washington, D.C. 
in the physical realm as opposed to the cyber realm. And um, and Layla's story, Brigitte and Layla, is um, a beautiful story of support for each other through the Internet into this this friendship, which has been profoundly healing for them and for the hundreds of women in our Facebook groups who know both of them and learn from them and hear their stories affirmed through them. You know, I, I want to reiterate how important community is, that the, the, it is essential that men and women who are going through um, symptoms of combat trauma or post-traumatic stress, and I'm going to leave off the D because I really think the D is part of the problem, you know, the label of it being a disorder. Absolutely. It's an appropriate reaction to an inappropriate situation. It is exactly. not a disorder. It's the yes, way I, any sane person would feel. You know, it is one of the first things that I talk about when I get a group of um, warriors and their loved ones, because um, I also work with the spouses, companions, and partners, is that if you didn't come home with, and this is important to really talk about for a second, because if, if somebody goes off to war, goes into the service, and does not come home affected in some way, by what they witnessed and what they did, there would be actually something of more concern happening, from my, from my view, because war changes everything. It changes the way we live, our perspective, our opinions, and these men and women are not diseased. Hear, hear. Bravo. And, uh, and it changes everything because it makes the, it's a game changer in that if you can change your perspective you can change your mind, you can change your world, and you can heal. And that's what I love about this, this work is it is that um, sense of community. And from what I hear you saying, that at least at the beginning for many of these women who are involved in your Facebook groups, that that sense of um, reasonable anonymity, because it's not 100%, enables them to engage back into community, engage back into life, having the sense of sisterhood, and that someone's got their back when they feel the system has um, failed them. Absolutely, and I would add to that, and I'd kind of be interested in your reaction to it, that, you know, I think this um, divide between the civilian population and the military population right now, which I'm kind of dedicated to trying to eliminate, I think that I've observed that when people shut down emotionally to protect themselves from pain, I believe they also shut themselves down from experiencing pleasure. And I think that as a society, civilians who have absolutely no understanding of what a a veteran has experienced, and we can never really understand it because we haven't experienced it. However, you have a lot of people besides Marsha and me getting these stories out, that as a culture, when we, when we can somehow hear these stories and understand the true cost of war and stop marginalizing these incredibly generous human beings, everyone comes out better. The people yes. who are suffering with PTSD feel like they can be less in denial and hopefully everyone in our society will realize that to not provide service for someone who served is so not okay for anyone and that in fact if you do embrace the price some people pay 
with nothing but honorable intentions for the rest of us that, in fact, your life is more pleasurable. I can personally testify to that, that my quality of life has been so enhanced by the, the women I've gotten to know, there are just no words for it. Oh, I, I, I wholeheartedly agree. I uh, have been working in the field of positive and spiritual psychologies for many years, and it wasn't until I started really researching what was going on in the military, and I stumbled upon it uh, through Michael Moore's website, where he uh, wrote a very long uh, blog entry about Hill Air Force Base in Utah and the rate of suicide and homicide on that Air Force Base. And I thought, I have to do something. You know, I have to do whatever it is that I can. I, you know, individually we can't heal everyone, but collectively we can make a huge impact on helping these men and women reclaim their lives and their ability to reclaim their lives and live productively and joyfully increases not only their own happiness and our own happiness as the service providers, but the collective well-being and social responsibility that we have as Americans. And that's what our country stands for, I mean, from from my perspective. (laughs) Absolutely, and hopefully, you know, we've learned a, a horrible lesson from Vietnam, which is what happens when you load a veteran with whatever your political feelings are about a war. You know, it's one, war is one thing, and foreign policy is another thing, but service is honorable. And we made a horrible error in how we welcomed home our Vietnam veterans. And I think at least we're doing a little better on that front this time. But still, the the entire military population is too marginalized. And I think it's partially because, you know, there's no draft, there's no national service, and um, it's a rough economy and a volunteer, volunteer army, and that's tough. Yes. Yes, um, we're going to be going to a break soon, and we're going to continue this conversation, and I want to talk about some of the other healing modalities that are out there as it relates to not only the service dog, but mindfulness training, positive psychology coaching, in general using a coaching model or a training model for recovery and healing versus a therapeutic shrink model because there is there is a difference between the two and I find because these warriors are mission driven that when they are presented with training for greater well-being the um, the process takes on a completely different perspective for them and makes them more open to it because they don't see themselves as broken but needing to be strengthened oh that's really interesting that's really interesting can't wait to hear you go on a bit more about that. Well, I could go on and on and on with you for hours about this, but we don't, and we'll have to do that off here. But there, there, is, there is so much to share, and um, through our strength in numbers together, we can really help make a difference with this, and this is what um, gives me such joy and pleasure. You are listening to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio with Lisa Cypress-Kamen and Patricia Stoddard. Today we are talking about service. When women come marching home, you can learn more about the film at www.servicethefilm.com. Again, servicethefilm.com. And the Facebook group is Service When Women Come Marching Home on Facebook. To learn more about Harvesting Happiness for Heroes, our nonprofit that deals with this very issue, and serving our men and women, you can go to HH, the number four, heroes, H E R O E S, dot. 
Here come the tunes. We'll carry on the conversation when we come back on National PTSD Awareness Day. Here we go. We know that life is tough and that happiness can and does live along with adversity. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen on Toginet.com. Like what you hear on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio? Subscribe to us on iTunes and get your weekly dose of joy downloaded free and easily to your computer or portable device. That's Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio on iTunes. likes to win enter our weekly contests at harvesting happiness on facebook where we give away our guests books music film and products each week in addition we also do great harvesting happiness giveaways like free coaching sessions with lisa cypress cayman lisa's books happiness first aid kits h factor where is your heart documentary film Happiness is an inside job product, including the Sterling Silver Infinity Bracelet that benefit Harvesting Happiness for Heroes, a nonprofit whose mission is to assist our returning military personnel and their loved ones challenged by combat trauma and other post-deployment reintegration issues. Join us at Harvesting Happiness on Facebook. Nothing gives happiness like a free gift. Lisa Cypress Cayman has made her first ebook, Got Happiness Now? Eight Keys to Unlocking a Joyful Life, available at no cost to everyone. Unwrap your complimentary copy now by visiting www.harvestinghappinesstalkradio.com. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen on Toginet. The show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. Hence the name of the show. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on Toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. Today is National Post-Traumatic Stress Disorder Awareness Day, and we are devoting today's military show to uh, heightening the awareness of women in the military, their needs specifically regarding military sexual assault and military sexual trauma, in addition to post-traumatic stress. I'm here today with Patricia Stoddard, who is an Emmy Award-winning composer and writer and one of the co-producers of Service, When Women Come Marching Home, a documentary film. And we're going to bring on in our last segment Debbie Gregory, who is the CEO of MilitaryConnection.com and founder of the Veteran and Military Business Owners Association, also known as BAMBOA. But right now... Um, Patricia and I are going to, you know, carry on our conversation about some of the wonderful modalities and integrated approaches that people, including myself and Patricia and her and her partner, are doing um, to help men and women with post-traumatic stress and 
the um, the fallout from the war experience. So let's talk a little bit about all the other things that you're doing, you know, having to do with theater and 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 art and creativity. Great. Well, the the most exciting part to talk about that's most contemporary is there's a whole lot that I'm not doing that the women in our project have generated and are generating on their own, and that is how healing the art that they're making is for them. And some of the women are extremely well-known. There's a project um, called the Teague's Clothesline, and uh, Regina, a, a good friend of the project and part of our project, started off by taking, turning inside out camo blouses and having survivors of MST write their stories on those inside outed shirts. Incredible. Oh, wow. Oh, wow, indeed. It, not only powerful as art, I mean, it completely stands on its own as art, but she runs workshops, and it's so healing for all the women involved. Um, Layla in our, who is in our film as well as in our groups, paints and, and just finds her way to being better through that. One of the members of our Facebook group, who I didn't even ask for permission to use her name, so I'll just say Tiffany, has been sharing her photographs with other women on the page. And when I, you know, I don't want to take up too much time, but I'll use her photograph as an example of the kind of healing I mean. When, when someone's a survivor, uh, a lot of the message they get from uh, people is to, sh- to have anger management and not be angry and have their behavior be modified. Well, you're be- I believe your behavior should be modified, and I think that you can think and feel anything, and sometimes I believe in anger enhancement. And she did a beautiful photograph, which was about being a survivor, and she showed her weapons on top of her folded uniform. To me... That spoke volumes about the amount of rage it's appropriate to feel. And looking at it, you can at least on a fantasy level realize what one of the women in our film says out loud about when she was raped. I can't believe it. I had my weapon on me. Well, you know, I can believe it because she wasn't. I mean, it's so there's very powerful healing happening um, that, isn't being generated by me or Marsha. It's, you know, there's that. Certainly Marsha presenting the stories as beautifully as they're presented is healing not just for the women in the film but the other women. Two of the women in our film write. Um, Many people have written their way to feeling more well. And I personally, through True Rep, have found that when you have someone tell their story, and you weave a lot of stories together with maybe eight or nine people's verbatim testimony, and then you let them edit that story, which is a very controlled way to revisit a trauma without talking about the trauma. You're just editing, right? And then to for those people to see their stories woven together and acted out for them by professional actors. Now, this is just anecdotal, but my observation is, that the people whose stories you used just feel unburdened in a really delightful fashion. And it's kind of mysterious. And I've seen it, it work. 
and very cathartic, I, I, I would imagine. You know, one of the things that um, I like what you said about anger and its value, I, I, I personally, I think that, you know, the ability to express one's anger and own it and then get get what's underneath it and really at the heart of it, which in, in, in every case is a profound sadness and grief, and then to transform it, which is what these, projects so beautifully are doing is transforming that emotion from trauma to growth. Yeah, I would say that, you know, anger is like um, an, uh, an ingredient in the alchemy of what I see happening in the women I know through our Facebook groups and the film. It's really remarkable. And some people don't do it through art. Some people do it by advocating for other women or dealing with something you're familiar with, this issue of the politics of diagnosis and how mm. you, right? But it's very impressive, and um, I think anger is something that our culture seems to be uh, something that we're in denial about. And I go back to my original statement. If you're out of touch with your anger, you're out of touch with your pleasure. And Yep. Yeah, no, I was going to say that C.S. Lewis has a, a, a beautiful quote, and I can't recall it uh, verbatim, but it's basically about if you are, are never willing to explore sort of the depth of, of your darkness, then you can never fully embrace the lightness or the joy. And I think that is what is so powerful about this work, and especially um, dealing with women in anger, because, of course, as women, in general, we have been taught that if we're not, you know, neat and tidy with our emotions, that we're out of control. Right, right. We have all of those, all of those myths. And then you take it a step further when you talk about the breadth of feelings that I believe and you're saying, and I agree with you, should be embraced as just part of being alive. And feeling it deeply is actually a good thing, even when it's painful. Getting back to the broader social perspective, we have less than 1% of our population carrying the heaviest, darkest kind of experience human beings can have. Yeah. And we have to find a way not to leave them alone to carry that burden because just to sound like a child, but it's how I feel, it's not fair. And it actually limits us as individuals to be part of not supporting the people who do that unbelievable work. You know, and it, it makes me really think about the concept of the war experience and those of us who are civilians and will never have that firsthand knowledge of the war experience. But if we stop for a minute and think of life, in that we will, none of us will make it out of living without having trauma, without fighting some kind of war on some level, some emotional upset of upheaval or catastrophic event, albeit with ourselves or someone we love. If we can cultivate that empathy gland, even though we may not be soldiers, we can imagine what it must be like for someone else and then uh, be able to extend um, greater compassion in being a part of the healing process, even if it's just holding the space for it. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. When when civilians see our film, it's so interesting because we have so many different audiences who see the film or who we engage with. But in particular, um, civilians are just, they feel like it's the first time, even though they've been reading about it in the paper and hearing about it on the news, there's some, and I have to give Marsha a lot of credit for the, the way this is shot and presented, there's something about just listening to stories. It is so powerful. And, you know, the heart bone's connected to the brain bone. And I think that artists can really help people feel it, and especially when you respect that you don't get it, that you don't, you know, you don't say, gee, I had this terrible trauma as a civilian, so I kind of get it. Well, no, what you can get is that you've had a trauma and you don't get it and they've had a trauma, and you don't get their trauma. It's funny. I once posted on the Facebook group something by Mr. Rogers, <laughs> and one of the lyrics in it was, um, you have to remember every time you meet another human being, being that you're meeting someone who's not like any other human being in the whole wide world. And to respect that as individuals and then respect it about people who have served in the military we don't get what they've experienced, period. But we can feel them. We can feel what they've done. And and in that, we can not be distant from them. Well, we're not. I mean, actually, you know, this 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 living, this human experience, um, there are, are there, we have more in common than we than we don't. You know, and even though we have not personally as civilians had the war experience, the empathy is a huge part of it. And I think we are going to a break, and that just blew by me. Is that true or not? Maybe not. Well, and I think the interesting gift that women have is that part of the, the weight and legacy of what is the cliches about being a woman and a girl is that um, – Women have a higher incidence of PTSD. They also, as you probably well know, have a much higher incidence of getting well. And a lot of that is about the ability to reach out and hold another human being and hold another human being's experience. Yes, which again is all about women being more in touch with their feelings, being in general better communicators. And I think that that's where... um, we have it over the guise in terms of being able to tap into our healing. Yeah. Um, and, and that's why these programs, once we get away from the stigma and tar- start talking about healing and transforming the war experience for the higher good, and let's face it, many of these men and women, most of them who are returning home are young. They're young and they have 50 years of life, of living and we we want them well and employed because they're smart and they're highly trained, and we want them to have productive lives, not just so that they can have repu- reproductive oh. lives, but so that we have them. We are going to break. Thank you, Patricia Stoddard. It's www.servicethefilm. Again, service the film, and we will have Patricia back. When we come back, we have Debbie Gregory joining us. Here we go to the break. And that happiness can and does live along with adversity. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen on toginet.com. Do you like Lisa's take on happiness, well-being, and human flourishing? 
Join us this spring as Harvesting Happiness launches online classroom programming where Lisa Cypress Cayman will offer her workshop series across the globe and from the comfort of wherever you are. Visit HarvestingHappiness.com for more details. Part of the Grateful Good. Grateful Nation brings together patients, families, friends, and staff of Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center to support the quality care and groundbreaking research at the Medical Center. Through new and traditional media, members of Grateful Nation share experiences, thank our caregivers and researchers, participate in sweepstakes, and gather to sponsor and host events and much more. Being grateful inspires others to be grateful as well. Isn't it time we jumpstart some perpetual gratitude? Visit Grateful Nation online to find out more at www.gratefulnation.org. Have a grateful day. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen on Toginet. The show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. Hence the name of the show. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on Toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lisa Cypress Kamen. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. Today is June 27th and National PTSD or Post-Traumatic Stress Disorder Awareness Day. And on our military-focused show today, we are now welcoming Debbie Gregory, who is both the CEO of MilitaryConnection.com and the founder of Military, I'm sorry, a Veteran and Military Business Owners Association, also known as BAMBOA. Debbie Gregory covers all the bases when it comes to serving the needs of the military and veteran communities. MilitaryConnection.com, one of the most popular websites uh, on the Internet for active military veterans and their family, is referred to as the go-to site for jobs, benefits, news, and information regarding educational benefits. And to learn more about Debbie and Military.com, go to Military.com. And today we are talking about the importance of education and employment as well as the challenges that pertain to PTSD. So, Debbie, welcome. Thank you for all the work that you do. You are a familiar face here uh, or voice at Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. It's a pleasure. Thank you, Lisa. So let's talk a little bit about the needs of our veterans and military personnel, um, first of all, for healing services, and secondly, for education and jobs, and how important it really is for awareness, firstly. Well, I think it all works together. Um, PTSD certainly is the signature wound of the last 10 years, and so many people have it, so many people have it, they don't even know they have it. Um, and thank you for remembering that today is National PTSD Awareness Day. Um, one thing that we all need to be mindful of is the recent statistics that have come out, that we have lost more uh, military to suicides than to combat. So yes. this is everybody's problem, and uh, it is just uh, horrific. 
You know, I want to mention a, a, another statistic um, that I didn't get to talk about with Patricia, but it is, it is essential that it is mentioned. It is not just the homicide and suicide and addiction rates that are exponentially greater than those killed in action, but it is the secondhand trauma, that which is passed on to the children of these men and women that creates a generation of kids who become adults who are traumatized by the war experience while never having served directly themselves. That is such a good point. Um, any type of illness, uh, whether it be alcoholism or whatever, definitely affects the next generation and, um, you know, how they deal with it, how they live with it, and military families serve too. You know, it's interesting, um, and this brings up kind of a different point. I got an email today forwarded to me, and I'm not going to mention her name, but um, I'll, I'll just share a little bit of it. My husband, who's a staff sergeant, has been diagnosed with severe PTSD. He's completed four combat deployments to both Iraq and Afghanistan. His diagnosis is devastating both to my husband and to our family. Not a moment goes by that we aren't affected by PTSD. After months of treatment, he has been ordered to Oasis Outpatient Therapy at the Naval Hospital at Point Loma, California. Our family is encouraged to participate in therapy on the weekends. I believe my husband would benefit from visits from us and our three-year-old son, and the therapy will assist our family in coping. The problem we face is the cost to drive there and stay overnight in a hotel every weekend for 12 weeks. It is close to San Diego during the busy uh, hotel um, months. The rates are high. I'm writing to request any assistance you may be able to provide. Um, and this letter clearly demonstrates just what you said. Yes. And, um, and you know, at least with this family, they're doing something. They're on the road to recovery. Clearly. Clearly, but, you know, there, there is a, a greater issue, uh, but not just, you know, treating the entire family unit, but it's the cost of sustaining the support of the family as the service member goes through treatment within any facility or any kind of programming, whether it's conventional or non-conventional, it doesn't matter. These things cost. You know, like you say, the gas, the overnight accommodations, and then just making sure that mom is okay. You know, who supports mom as she goes through I this know. with her you know, I, I grew up, my dad was a disabled veteran that had dozens of operations. He was in the hospital. They prepared us for his death a lot. And that impacted my whole life. So I totally understand and get it how PTSD or traumatic brain injury or any of these uh, signature wounds or any kind of wound, physical or emotional, can affect the family members. Uh, and it shapes who they are and, as you said, the next generation. And they need the therapy, too. Uh, they do. Which um, I, I, I want to make a plug for a group that provides therapy, both free therapy as well as private um, and they have a network of almost 6,000, maybe it's over 6,000 now, mental health professionals nationwide. And each one donates one hour a week. It's called Give an Hour. And what's nice about it, if you are the girlfriend of someone with PTSD, the mother, the father, the sister, the brother, or someone that might not be covered by insurance for treatment, this fills that gap. 
And uh, yes. it, it's, a, it's a wonderful group from that respect. And also, there are so many people, even for our soldiers that have served, There's uh, some people are still feel there's a stigma and they want it to be private. They don't want it on their record. And if that makes them feel better about it, the important thing is getting the treatment however they can get it. So I, I, I just wanted to say that uh, to your viewers that if someone does need help with therapy, this might be a, a great resource for them. Given Hour is a fantastic organization. Um, we are also, uh, we have got a, uh, some exciting things coming up at Harvesting Happiness for Heroes. We are launching our online community programming. So we will be offering six-week modules of Harvesting Happiness uh, for Heroes curriculum online. It's free. There's no charge to the oh, veteran. Or, yes, or their, or their family member that wants to come into a cyber coaching or training environment where they can get tools and strategies for um, creating goals, for managing their emotions, for getting back in touch with their bodies, for understanding um, the stigmas that are uh, sometimes attached to these conditions and how they can also be irrational beliefs, that the trauma is not irrational. The trauma actually happened. But these beliefs that we assign to what happened to us, that when we are able to transform them and transform the experience and grow from it, um, people are able to move on and move back to a more joyful place. So that is a, a huge thing that's going on because it will enable us to reach an unlimited amount of people and create that sense of community that is so vital to the healing process. You know, as Patricia mentioned... Anyway, we can help uh, getting the word out on that. That is such a wonderful thing that you're doing. And oh. also, I was going to make a suggestion that this letter has motivated me um, with your 5013C. Maybe there can be an area designated that would help families with expenses, and we could promote that, you know, oh, uh, for I donations and work together and, you know, join forces on that. Uh, I would love it. Also, and, you know, I want it. I'm sorry, go ahead. I, I, I don't know, and I don't want to speak for them, but we also work with Fisher House, and they provide um, when a, a wounded warrior is recovering near a base hospital, they provide homes so the family can be nearby. I don't know if that's expanded to PTSD or if it's for, it's not usually for short terms, it's usually for long terms, but perhaps if there's any openings, I was going, that was one of the areas I was going to refer this person to. Um, is perhaps there's a Fisher House down there that might have some openings on the weekends. Oh, that would be wonderful. You know, right. That, yes, I, I, I like this idea. And, you know, the, the, the networking and being able to help one another help one another it is the cornerstone of this healing process because it takes it out of, uh, a, a clinical approach, a very antiseptic, sanitized clinical approach, and makes it all about the heart. And the heart is where this healing takes place, these invisible wounds. It's in the heart and in the mind. Oh, and right. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Right. I was just looking at my bracelet, by the way. Your viewers should know that you've coined a phrase that I couldn't agree with more uh, called happiness is an inside job. <laughs> and I wear it all the time now. Oh, wonderful. Well, we have uh, th these bracelets have become, um, they're going to be our leading fundraiser 
giveaway um, on our website for Harvesting Happiness for Heroes for our, our, our campaign. Um, so people should take a look at that. Go to Harvesting Happiness, uh, hhforheroes.org, and we'll talk more about that later. But, yes, happiness is an inside job, and that is really the essence of what I do with the radio show, what I do with these military initiatives and campaigns, and what um, people come to understand as true and deal with their trauma at, trauma at the same time. I mean, this, this is the interesting thing about this work. Because one has been traumatized, it need not define who they are or who we are as individuals. It's just part of who we are. It need not be the story. And that is what's vital in the healing process, because if you identify with being a traumatized soldier or invisibly wounded soldier, that's all you are, and you stop your growth there. And we want to make sure these men and women get the tools and resources necessary to move from the trauma Mm-hmm. transformed to growth. And, and, and we are out of time. Okay. I can't believe and it. I'm, it was wonderful. Oh, Debbie, we're going to have you back next month, and I want to give all of our contact information for Debbie Gregory of MilitaryConnection.com. It's just as it sounds. And Bamboa, Veteran and Military Business Owners Association, which you can reach through MilitaryConnection.com to learn more about Harvesting Happiness for Heroes, a 501c3 nonprofit, whose mission objective is to offer stigma-free and integrated support to warriors and their loved ones challenged by combat trauma and post-deployment reintegration issues. You may, you may find us at www.hh4heroes.org. And I have a few words to share before I part, as I always do, and that is that happiness is not a destination. It cannot be bought, sold, or traded. Happiness will never invite you to the party. Happiness simply comes down to a choice to show up each and every day in the world with passion, purpose, place, and meaning. Thanks for joining us on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. This is Lisa Cypress-Kamen, and on behalf of Patricia Stoddard and Debbie Gregory, wishing you kind thoughts, kinder words, and the kindest actions. Until next time, remember, happiness is an inside job. Happiness is your inside job, and please share this show. Please share your podcast and spread the word on the importance of helping our troops, helping our men and women reclaim their lives and their own happiness after the war experience. You're listening to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio with Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Thank you to Patricia Stoddard and to Debbie Gregory. We look forward to hearing from you and seeing you next week in the ethers. Thank you for being a part of Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen. We'll do this again next Wednesday morning at 10, 11 Central here on Tokyo Tax.